What's that noise? It's the sultanas. I'll put them down. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Isn't It Neat, a podcast where we discuss, nerd out and learn about cool, creative, interesting and nerdy stuff. Each week, one of our hosts will pick a topic they want to share their love for and that's what we will discuss. My name is Erin and I'm joined by my sisters, Helen. Hello. And Caitlin. (laughs) Hello. So this week it's my turn to choose and we're going to be discussing Amazon's The Wheel of Time television adaptation, season one, episodes one and two. So this podcast will contain spoilers only for the first two episodes of the first season of the TV show. It may contain minor spoilers for the beginning of the book series because we'll be dealing with events and characters from the books, but we won't be discussing specific details of the book itself. So just sort of beware. So Helen, how are you feeling after our marathon watch of two hours of television? <laughs> uh, not a little noise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say there. You're so descriptive. I love it. And Caitlin, how was your nap today? It's lovely. So let's start. Let's dive straight into episode one, leave taking. Right. So we start off a little introduction. So there is a woman who we learn later is uh, her name is Moraine. And she's sort of packing up some stuff. She's getting dressed. And there's a voiceover of her talking about the Dragon Reborn dun, dun, dun. and prophecies and stuff. Any thoughts about that? Amazing outfits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after after that um, little bit of exposition with Moraine, we have like a second little bit. So we have um, what's called the cold open. So there's two men and they're running and there's these women wearing red on horseback, racing after them. I think rock slide blocks the exit. Yeah, then what happens? Then he has this, no, we can't die like this. And he turns around, no, spare him. And, oh, we're the only ones here. And, oh, my gosh, the other guy was imagined. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's only one guy after all. And then, so the main lady in red comes up and tells him he's disgusting. And then she does something to him and he's not very happy about that. Lots of screaming. Yeah, lots of screaming. And then we pan up and there's like Moraine and Lan like... On the cliff. On the cliff. Observing from a distance. And Moraine goes, it wasn't him. Or Lan asks, where to next? And she says, there's rumours of four Taviran in the two rivers. And then there's some cool landscape shots. And there's some women who are walking along in the landscape. And then... There's like a little ceremony where one of them is braiding the other one's hair. And she says, as wisdom of the two rivers, I welcome you to the women's circle or something like that. Brings her to the edge of a cliff and then yeets her off it. She screams and everything like she wasn't expecting it. Yeah, have you ever jumped off a cliff? Like even if you're like, I'm ready for this, it's going to be scream worthy. It's just something in the way she her face is of like, oh, she looked like she wasn't expecting to be. She, <laughs> she gives really good face. Like... All the time. Amazing face. The next scene, we go to Rand and his dad, Tam, walking into town. I really like the dad character there. I just like the sound of his voice. Like, who is that guy who plays him? His name is Michael Magellaton. Magellaton? I don't know how you pronounce that. He was actually in Game of Thrones. He played a bad guy, apparently. I haven't watched Game of Thrones. It's like I feel like he looks so familiar, but I haven't watched Game of Thrones either. She's got a really nice voice. It just does. Yeah, that. like Tam. Um, Caitlin will be pleased to know that Helen does not like Rand. 
Yes. No, I hate him. Like I first saw him, like, oh, this guy's gonna be the main character, isn't he? <clears throat> then I was looking at him, was like, oh. yes, special boy. We hate him. <laughs> Look, he's a really good actor. The actor's wonderful, but my God, is the definition of special boy with nothing else yeah. going on with him. <laughs> he's the basic anime man character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's entire it's, character I'm actually is very boy. like he's got nothing going for him, but oh, yes. he's special. Yes, there's always one in the fantasy. <laughs> so yes. trope number yes. one. Yeah. I really like the um, uh, what's his the guy with the two little sisters? Matt. Matt is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I yes! like, when, I first, when at first I was like, nah, but then he's got the sisters. And it's like oh, right. Right. and then he's super he's hard done by just. This is a sassy little freak, super hard done by, and I want the world for him. And also, he should be the special boy. <laughs> I feel like it's like I look at him and I'm like, I like his lines and his dialogue. He's just, oh, he's got such. He's and um, yeah, he's he's developed so much in like the that little tiny bit of episode that he gets. Whereas, um, tall, dark, and red, uh, he is. I I don't know anything about him except he's tall. He likes lead female. And has a dad. A really cool dad. (laughs) Really cool dad. A really cool dad. So we go to the village. There's a party in the inn. It becomes a dark and stormy night. Then, dun, 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 the doors burst open and a man enters and everyone goes quiet and looks for him. He introduces himself as Lan Mandragoran. 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 I think that's how they say it. Mm. And then Nynaeve, who's the wisdom of the village, she says, name it. Oh, no, before he introduced yes. himself. She says, so that, name yourself, stranger. So yeah. the big challenge. He says, he's Lan. And then he says, and this is Moraine. And then Moraine gets a big dramatic entrance. Because Lan is the best hype man yeah. in the yeah. world. I love Lan. He's so cool. He's like, I'm going to look cool and like a little bit threatening because my hood's over my face, but I'm very tall. And I'm going to walk in. I'm going to wait for someone to acknowledge me. And then I'm going to be like, Actually, I'm not the interesting person here. Moraine is. Look, it's Moraine. Yes. He's <laughs> just got this, this aesthetic. Yeah. Um, so Moraine enters and says, um, I need a room for the night. Just all nice. And she flashes this big, massive, chunky bit of jewellery with a blue stone in it. And Egwene's mum goes, oh, of course Moraine's Sedai. And then that makes all these like murmurs and stuff. So everyone's whispering and nodding and poking each other like, oh my gosh, Moraine Sedai. So that's um seems like a bit of a scandal. It sounded more like, oh God, this is an important person. Yeah. What's they doing it's, here? It's um titillating. Like what what is going on? It's here? all like like when a lord or lady were to just suddenly show up and they're like, oh my God. And they're like, cool dramas in the town. So she, so Moraine walks over to the awesome fireplace. I want that fireplace yeah. in my like cottage when I have one. <laughs> um, and she turns around. She looks at Matt. She looks at Nynaeve. She looks at Egwene. And then she looks at Rand and Perrin standing together. So Nynaeve gets a bit mm, angry. So she walks over to like Rand and Perrin is like, eh. and then says to Perrin, where's Layla? So Perrin goes to the forge and we meet Layla, who is his wife, who is uh, cranky. Yeah, I was looking at that and I was like, Why, what is the story here? Why is she mad? 
Does she yes. think he likes the other girl? And then it's like, oh, but there's nothing in it of that. And I looked at it and was like, hmm, what's going on here? Yeah, you're looking for tropes that, that aren't there. <laughs> like, because... Why is she upset? She's upset about something. And when he mentioned this other girl's name, I was like, is she upset about this girl? Are you talking about Egwene, her ceremony? Yeah. Mm. Hmm. So like, like, Helen's have... having as bad a time as I am remembering yeah. the names of the boring people. I don't know people. any of their names. <laughs> they, hardly, they hardly say their names. I only know them because I've read the books and like you read their names so many times. That's okay. We know who you're talking about and I'll say the names. Yeah. You've got your own code names too. And then we go back to the inn. Matt, Matt comes out. He finds his mum who is drunk yeah. and messy. Like She's really, really a hot mess. Yeah. Um. So Matt takes her home. His two, like, younger sisters are just left in the house. They're all dirty. They look like they're about 10. They look very little. They're too young to be, like, left on their own, I think. Yeah. So Matt puts his mum to bed. She calls him a prick, says he's just going to turn out like his father. So that's a little bit of sort of Matt's story, Matt's background, I guess. We get sort of all of them. So we've just got Perrin with his wife and then we've just got Matt with his like messed up parents. Doing the best he can. Yeah. And then we go back to the inn. So the party's over. It's late at night, I guess. Rand and Egwene have a little talk, whereas Rand's all like, like finally I get to talk to Egwene because she's been avoiding me all night. And she doesn't want to say anything about the ceremony because she's not supposed to. And Rand just wants to know if it was good or not. And she said it's good. And then... Egwene starts to say something else and then Rand like jumps her and starts kissing her. Yeah. Sadly went very like, oh, we're in an adult team now. Yeah. And they do this um, cute little thing where Rand's like, oh, Tam told me that I used to pick berries for you and pulls a little strawberry out of his pocket and goes to do that like sexy put it in her mouth thing. She and goes, she's like, hold up. That's been Wait in a pocket minute. all day. Yeah, that's disgusting, which... A little bit of a subversion. It's, it's yeah, I, I do. I'm like, go Egwene for being yeah. like, no thanks, that's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they fade to black, sexy times, I guess. Then we go from that straight into uh, the bathroom. It's bath time. There's a giant bathtub. Moraine's in there. And then we see Lan's butt. Yeah. Butt! <laughs> so Lan climbs in this giant tub with Moraine. They do a lot of significant looking at each other when Lan kind of guesses what Moraine's thinking. I love their relationship. Like, it's not, like, overtly romantic or anything, but they have this very deep connection and bond. It's it's really lovely, actually. It's this And this trust and respect between them. And they still argue and pick at each other, but they do have that such deep bond. I love it. Yeah, it comes across really well as well. Mm. They can just kind of look at each other. And then, uh, so we go back to um, what is known as the post-coital scene. They talk about, so Egwene kind of confesses that what she's bothered by is that Nynaeve has asked her to be her apprentice as a wisdom. And Rand gets a little bit upset because obviously he's in this relationship with this girl, um, and but wisdoms don't marry which I think is understandable. Like if you're in a relationship with someone and then they're kind of like, actually, I kind of want to do this other thing. And that kind of implies that mm. we're going to break up. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really like, matter. At it's, first it's... I was thought this was okay the way they were both upset about it because she she's making a choice and it's hard for them, both of them. But they're, And at first it seemed like he was kind of respecting it. But then the second episode came, I was like, oh. Nah. Oh, yeah. be He's about upset it. about it for a long time. Mm. He does throw it in her too. face. Yeah. Like, uh. And then it's the next morning. There's a peddler enters the town on his cart and there's much cheer and 
Then Matt comes and visits the peddler, whose name is Padden Fane. He's stolen a bracelet. And so he tries to sell that to Padden Fane. And Padden Fane's like, I can't sell that in town, can I? Because, you know, it would be recognised and is a bit of a dick to Matt. Then Egwene goes and finds Ran sitting on a mountain brooding. They discuss the future and have a sad breakup. We find Nynaeve washing some rocks in a cave. Um, Maureen comes in. Nynaeve is really, really hostile. Maureen asks some probing questions about Nynaeve's age. So what's that about? Yeah, it's like I was like, mm, she's trying to find this person who is a certain age and she's probing about this girl. Just trying to find How old does the person need to be? What was it, 20 or something? Mm. 20. It was 20 years ago the dragon was reborn or something like that. So Nynaeve's too old. So she's kind of been eliminated. Moraine kind of eliminates her, I guess. Uh, we go back to the town. The boys are having a chat. Egwene and Nynaeve listen to the wind and it sounds all spoopy. Yes. And Lan finds some dead sheeps. In a shape a of weird like. symbol. It looked like the yin yang symbol, but only half of it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's been, yeah, there's a lot it of looks, symbolism. It looks deliberate, doesn't it? The mm. the shape. Yeah, like this was some yeah. part of some real evil ritual type thing going on there. Mm. Dark magic for a foot. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Uh, and then Ran goes home. Yeah, up the mountain with his dad. Then we have this big sort of sequence of the lanterns being lit, this sort of um, the bell tine. I love that speech that the man gave then. Yeah, that Tam says. Yeah, it was so pretty. Yeah, what does he talk about? Um, The wheel of time. <laughs> yeah. It was, oh, it was this very like, I actually can't remember it now. <laughs> so he talks about... The Wheel of Time turns and it's like reincarnation. It's like we try our best and try the best the next time too or something. Yeah, you you live your life. I wrote some of it down. You might face pain, heartbreak or death, but the wheel keeps turning and then the next time you get spun out of the wheel, you try to do better than the last time. Yeah, that was one. I was like, oh, this is really deep. (laughs) Yeah, so this is a little bit of kind of the world lore. All about kind of the reincarnation, and they, and then we also go. We see the townspeople all um, lighting their lanterns, and they float down the river and stuff. It's very much like entangled. Yeah, it reminds me of the the Japanese lantern ceremony, guiding spirits home, and all that. Everyone's kind of having a moment, and then they go back to the town, and it's party time. Let's so they're celebrate. like, let's all be happy now. So there's music and there's dancing. It's all well and good, and then. Oh, and that scene in the dance when um and then she and she chops partners and he comes along and he's dancing and then suddenly the way his body jerks and then shout oh, out to Tom yeah it's like, yeah well, Tom are you like, all right Tom? I can remember his name in that moment because yep. it's Tom you're right and then oh my god you're bleeding and oh there's an axe in your back and it's oh my god and just instantly all the action kicks off from there yeah 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 and it, that was actually really well done from like. It was a really, I I cry. I'm like, I love this sequence so much. (laughs) I just love it. So Tom gets an axe right through the chest and dies. And Egwene's like, what the hell is going on? And a monster appears. So it's all that scramble. Everyone's screaming. There's all this like, what is going on? Just confusion. 
Then we go up to the farm with Tam and Rand and bam, a trollic busts in. Tam runs and pulls a big chest out from underneath. Yeah, he had a cool sword. And I was like, whoop, there's a history thing. He has a cool sword. Yeah, so he pulls the sword out and you get this significant look at the heron on the the blade. Yeah. Yes. And you're like, that is important. And then Tam's pretty badass with his sword fighting and stuff, but he does get... He gets nicked in the shoulder and the trollic is on him and then Rand stabs the trollic up through the face or through the neck. Mm. And they're like, what the hell, man? And Tam is like immediately like, oh, man, you have to run. And he's like really not, he's not having a good time. Mm -hmm. He got like poisoned as well as just hurt in his or something. Yeah, from the blade. So we go back to the town um, there's a trollic bearing down on, on Nynaeve and Egwene and Nynaeve just like screams at it, which is freaking awesome. Asserting <laughs> dominance more... by screaming louder. Yeah, just yeah. And then there's it's Moraine to the rescue just before they get got by the trollic. Moraine, this white stuff comes whispering around and like rips the trollic apart. And she does her cool magics. Yeah, and then I get my favourite moment in the whole episode is Maureen's badass epic fireball. (laughs) So cool. And then Lan in the background stabbing at all the things getting close to her so she can do her magic thing. And it's like, ah. Yeah, we get this super cool fighting duo with the magic and Lan like being all cool and quick Mm. and stuff. Yeah, my notes Um, here says Hero Mummy, which is what I call Moraine. (laughs) Yeah. He's completely kick ass with Hero Daddy quietly stabbing the shit out of anyone who gets tries to get near her yeah. <laughs> in the background. Because <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't have plot armor, she has land. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she has actual armor. <laughs> and then, oh no, a trollic gets into the forge. Yes. And then the- so everyone runs out of the forge and Layla and Perrin start um, fighting the trollic. And then we, go, we, we switch to Matt. Matt finds his sisters hiding in a perfectly good chicken coop. And pulls hmm. them out of their perfectly good hiding place and Runs takes them the to another perfectly good one, I guess, because mm-hmm. they survive. You're further away. Much further away from yeah, any of them. Yeah, takes them into the woods. And then Nynaeve gets dragged away by a trollic. And- yeah, they were dragging someone and then a trollic comes running in and then Nynaeve gets, gets grabbed and screams and yeah. then she's gone. And Egwene's like, Egwene's like, what? Like, oh, oh my god! We're back to the forge, and Layla is pretty badass herself with this massive hammer that she's got, and she's like smashing trollics. And Perrin's going like berserk. He's like on top of a trollic, and he's like stabbing and stabbing and stabbing. And then he turns around, and holy shit, he stabs Layla in the stomach with this big axe thing, and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> You could see like something was going to happen there and then it turned around and was like so sudden and all the same time like, oh, my God. Yeah, it is really sudden. You're like, oh, my gosh. Um, So when we finished the episode, Helen's first comment was, oh, no, that poor guy. Sweet baby. He's going to be sad forever. Like, he's yeah. that, he's, like, it's going to be the whole series and he's going to be sad about it. Like, it's like yeah. going to be this thing he's got to carry for the rest of his life now. Yeah, Sweet Baby's now traumatized. Yeah. It's yeah. like, and he doesn't, it's probably never going to be acknowledged for a long time. And he's just kind of carry it for a long time and yeah. not work through whatever trauma he's going to get. Yeah, so after that happens, we go back outside and Moraine's being badass, but then, oh no, she gets stabbed. It came flying out of nowhere. And then she gets really angry and throws the entire wine spring in 
at the Trollocs. Mm. She picks it apart and just chunks of it and just chucks yeah, it. stone by stone. Boom. And then there's that really cool scene where she kind of collapses and the dust is coming and lands running to like cover her. I love that. And that apparently ends the battle, I guess, Uh, because the next scene, it's sort of dawn time, early morning, um, and Rand arrives in town um, with Bella and with Tam. It's like he missed everything. Yeah. Matt brings his sisters back. Then Perrin, who is very sad, brings Layla out of the forge, I suppose, that they were in, brings her out, carries her, puts her down with the rest of the dead and is very, very sad about that. think about it, he spent the rest of his life, the night, just sitting there with her probably. Yeah. And she's pretty clean. It looks like he cleaned her. Mm. Um, She started mourning. Yep. Then Moraine comes. This is when we hear about Trolloc poison, I think. Yeah. Because she looked at the wound on the dad and went chalk poison, and then she magicked it yep. away. Yeah, and so she heals him with her magic, and then they're all like, "Moraine, did you bring these trollics down on us? We were fine until you got here." And she explains that twenty years ago there was a lady in the White Tower who could see. I suppose, yeah, see prophecies. Um, She had the foresight or something, and she said that the dragon has been reborn. Maureen says it's one of you four, so those four being Perrin, Matt, Rand, and Egwene. Um, Then we see a Trolloc army coming over the hills towards the town. So Maureen's like, right over, we've got to leave now. And there's a moment where Rand's like, you can't. Leave us now with that happening. Like, we need your magic. And she's like, no, but you're coming with me. And they go, okay. <laughs> and they pack up and they leave and they ride off into the sunset or sunrise. With sunrise, the yeah. of behind them, Trollocs. Yeah, chasing them. So it's all very exciting. Helen also had some predictions. So I was like, what do you think? What's going to happen next? Right, right, right. And Helen immediately said, well, Rand's the dragon reborn. This just <laughs> obviously the- they're setting up this guy to be the main character. See, when I watched the first episode, and Aaron asked me who I thought it was, I was like, well, "You've been telling me that it probably isn't that one," and like dropping hard hints. So I was like, "It's Matt." <laughs> yeah, I think you were like, "It's Rand," but I want—I'd rather it was Matt. Oh yeah, I think that's what I said because I got really yeah. annoyed at the fact that it was. Like, I don't want it to be Rand. Yeah, because yeah. it's boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Helen also thought someone might die. Yeah. Like in the next episode. Mm-hmm. And that there'd be some big drama. They're going to have it like the group's going to have a fight. One of them's going to join the dark side and then, or there's going to be some sort of big emotional tension. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I think you're pretty right with the emotional <laughs> tension thing. Hmm. Okay. So we are going to take a short break and then we'll dive straight into episode two. <laughs> And we're back. So episode two, Shadows Waiting. So we have a cold open. There's a camp with a bunch of white tents. And there's this creepy dude who gets given this like tiny whole bird and he eats it and then like blood comes out of his mouth. And he's like, he talks to this woman who's wearing yellow and she's tied to a stake on top of a fire and and her hands are cut off. So gruesome. 
Yeah. He, she's an Aes Sedai. So he takes her rings, adds it to the collection. And then there's a really cool shot of him sitting down. He's got this goblet that's really shiny. And you see the reflection yeah. of the fire in the goblet, which is like, was really pretty. Mm. That's really kind of and gruesome. He leaves his bloody because he went, she wasn't on, on fire. Yeah. Like it, she was on a she was on a pyre. It wasn't. Oh, lit, the pyre though. was on fire. Was it, it was. It was very lowly burning. Moldery. Moldery burning. Yeah, because it because it's the he steps away and it, and it sparks yeah. up. Which He's makes watching the, the show. He's mm. like watching her slowly burn to death, which is horrible. Yeah. I I love it when shows do that where they're like, this is really really terrifying. But it's off scene and we're watching the bad guy be happy about this. Makes it worse. <laughs> so and then we get the title sequence. I uh, love yeah, the, title the way sequence. it weaves out of the thing, but it's like, oh, yeah. this is so cool. So done. it's all these threads diving around and moving and stuff. In, and there's this cool music track. And it's and then we see that it's making a picture. What's it making a picture of? Was it the um like a map of the world or something? No, it was seven women. In a circle. Oh, yeah. They look all, yeah, these seven women, they're quite regal and they're Mm. all a different colour. Yeah. Like spokes of a wheel. Yeah. Mm. We'll see them in the next episode too. Symbolisms. Symbolisms. It's very cool. Um, You see the loom itself. And I don't know if I just think it's really cool because it's a loom and like, Oh, no, it's very weaving cool. and I like weaving. Mm. Some people are like, oh, it's a bit on the nose because the the wheel weaves. <laughs> so oh, like, really? oh, it, it weaves. It like literally weaves. Okay, so the group gallops along some picturesque scenery. They arrive at a town. They rouse the ferryman to cross the Taran River. And then as they're crossing, Trollocs arrive on the other side. Um, and they're all like, we see them quite close up like this sort of mm. horde of trollocs and we probably see the the no eyes guy yeah yes he comes trotting yes, down the fade, so the fade they kind of all go quiet and the fade comes up and he does his like creepy shriek with his big mm. mouth open and all his teeth yeah. mm. and and his hood thing goes back and you find out that he literally has no eyes that's why yeah. he's called the is eyeless. it no eyes eyeless it's yeah really eyeless, like yeah. he has no face he's just a mouth yeah. I have no face. I can only scream. He's got like his lips are like weirdly luscious mm. when he's got his mouth shut. It's like, yeah, it's concerning. Yeah, it's really like, weird. It's 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 a good spoopy. <laughs> yeah. So the ferryman freaks out, which is understandable, and then lands like, yeah, we don't want them following us, and so he like cuts the ferry free and it drifts away, and then the ferryman freaks out even more. Moraine makes a whirlpool to sink the ferry. This is so that the Trollocs can't cross after them. And the ferryman, ferryman says, the White Cloaks are right. You Aes Sedai are monsters. Yeah, and he then he dives into the river. Because he huh? wanted to go back for his son. Yeah, he's worried about his family. So he mm. dives into the river and grabs onto the ferry and then he's like, Wah! and he's dead. They get sucked down there. And, and everyone's like, uh, I don't think I like this anymore. It's not a fun adventure. Then we get more picturesque scenery as they gallop along. So here is when, so they go to sleep and then Maureen comes and she fetches Egwene and like takes her off a little bit of a distance. And then, so she talks about the three odes. Anyone remember what the three odes are? Um, uh, there's no lying because words are important. Yeah, something about not using the power to hurt 
or kill or hurt people. Not as a weapon. Not as a weapon. But you yeah. do, you can use it to, to defend, defend yourself in only yeah. extreme circumstances. But mm. yeah, the but they very measures of your life, very yeah. purposefully. Defense. She says it's to defend yourself, your water, or your fellow isodized, not to defend anyone else. Which I found very interesting. Uh, it's it's to speak no word that is not true, to make no weapon with which one man may kill another. And never to use the one power as a weapon, except against dark friends or shadowspawn, or in the last extreme defense of her life, the life of her water or another Aes Sedai. And then um, Maureen reveals that Egwene can do the magic. Mm. And so they do some magic. And Egwene's like, really? I can be an Aes Sedai? Therefore pulling her further away from Ran and yeah. continuing the very obvious plot. And then there's a weird, so we go back to Ran sleeping. <laughs> this is a bit that Helen was like, ooh. So Rand's sleeping, he wakes up and he's like, everything's really quiet and it's really spooky. So anyway, he starts coughing and then he pulls like a whole entire bat out of his mouth and is like freaking yeah. out, which is like, understandable, like what the hell, man? And then he looks up and there's this spoopy man with fire eyes. Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. And then he wakes up and he walks around the corner and there's all these dead bats everywhere and he's like, what? He and everyone's down like, and what? Like, oh, God, there's a dead bat just like what I threw up in my dream. Yeah, that's gross. Um, Maureen questions them and it turns out that they all basically had the same dream. They all saw this weird man with that fire eyes. And then Rand kind of goes off at Maureen. He like full on lashes out. She gets upset and rides away. Rand and Egwene kind of fight about it because Egwene's like, I'm going to be Aes Sedai and I'm on her side now. And Rand's like, I don't like you being on her side. And Matt basically talks Rand down. Perrin just kind of broods through this whole thing. Mm. Thus proving Matt and Perrin are better. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the way Matt just went very practical about it. It was like, all right, we're being chased <laughs> and she's keeping yeah. us alive right now, so we may as well yeah. go with her now. Yeah, yeah and she could throw Matt's... fireballs. Let's not be on her bad side. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's, a, he's a survivor. He's very sensible boy. about it. Like, yeah, yeah, he is very sensible. Um, and then so they ride off to follow them and then we see that Lan was watching out for them. And then, oh, no, they're coming up on White Cloaks. So Lan goes, oh, no, there's White Cloaks coming. So Maureen takes her ring off and gives it to Lan. The leader of the White Cloaks, who is this sort of relatively nice man, I don't know. He seemed like sensible. he was generally just trying to do his job. Yeah. Like, just, he, he, like, you know, he questioned her, then went, fair enough, off you go then. And then the other guy, the creepy guy comes along and goes, <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, jingles his like collection of Aes Sedai rings. So he comes up to Maureen and is really creepy and like feels her up mm. and Lan gets kind of upset about that, which is kind of fair enough. People where I'm from know how to keep their hands to themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was really good, Helen. <laughs> yeah. She remembers stuff. Yeah. And then he like pokes her wound and she's like, ow. That hurts. And then they're like, where'd you get that from? She's like, um, monsters? And sort Wasn't of tells. It, you wouldn't believe me yeah, if I told you. You wouldn't believe me. Oh, they were these monsters. And she described where they looked. And then, oh, gosh. Yeah. And you immediately. So, and talks about how they came from Taran Ferry and stuff. And um, so then they let them go again. And the questioner says to the other White Cloak leader, um, I'm going to go south. And the other white cloak leader's like, but they said that the Trollocs were west. And the questioners are like, I have more important things to do. I'm going Excuse south. Me. Coward. 
Yeah, so they split up in two different directions and then um, Maureen and her crew go off in another direction. And then there's more picturesque scenery as they gallop along. Then we get a sing-along time. Sing-along exposition time. Yeah. So they sing. So Matt starts singing a song called Weep for Manetherin and all the the kids join in and do like a verse. And then Maureen talks about, oh, it's so nice to hear the old stories. And they're like, it's just a song, like whatever. And then we hear the story of Manetherin. Anyone remember the story of Manetherin? Yeah, this small kingdom that they were a threat to the, um, bat, what was the bad guy called? The Trollocs. The Trollocs, even though and they the, were a very small the... army, they were this threat and they needed them gone. Yeah, to and, the Trolloc army mm, during the Trolloc Wars. Mm. And when they sent their big army to kill them, they asked for aid and were told, if you can wait three days, then we'll send you aid. And they did. They held the line for three days with their small army, but no help ever came. And they kept fighting and kept fighting and kept fighting. And it's so sad. Yeah, it is sad. And they they held out for something like 14 days. And it was like they sent their children and away to hide and the young ones and everyone else went to fight and the entire army got wiped out. And then the lady used her magic to destroy the yeah, army. The queen, up... queen Eldreen yeah. felt her husband Aemon die. And she drew all the magic, flattened everything, but she died in the process. Mm-hmm. And then all that was left with all the, the surviving kids and whoever were those. No kingdom to come back to. Yeah, and they became the two rivers. Yeah, so that's where they came from. That was their, That's their sort of kind of heritage, I guess. Yeah. They find a new campsite. Um, Perrin's filling up some water bottles. His leg hurts, so he looks at it again. And then these wolves turn yes. up. Because his superpower is he's, he can talk to the wolves. And Perrin gets friends. Yay! I think <laughs> Helen's prediction was that he's either got dark magic powers or, he is, or he's the dragon. It's either yeah, one or the other. See, I never thought that. I think he's a berserker, like a old school Norse berserker, like gets into a fight, will and then, like, mm, kill everything, yeah. um, go super cyan. And then come back and like be like, oh, oh no. And I'm pretty sure in the mythologies and folklore, the berserkers are very closely aligned with the wolves. I think yeah. which makes sense. Or he's a wolf man and he learns how to shape shift and shit, which would be very cool. Werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Like he's, but he's, a, he's a dog. He's like, he's like one of these giant dogs that doesn't realise that they're really, really big and wants to be a lap dog. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a sweet baby. Just give me a cuddle. Yeah, I just love you. Yeah. <laughs> so it, and then it, it's night time and they're camping and Maureen's really not looking good. She's like passed out and she's all sweaty and fevery. It's like she's not well. And then, oh no, there's Trollocs again. They're like right there. Mm. Man comes running in and is like, Trollocs, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like hustle, hustle, people. Mm-hmm. Get in the car, they, children. We're yeah. going to be late. <laughs> they run to, so they're like, where do we go? And Lan goes, go to the fallen city of Shadalogoth. <laughs> like we all know what that is. Like we got it. East. Thanks, he, he does give him a direction. He's like east. I think it was east. Um, so they're running and running, and then all of a sudden Bella stops, and they're going like, "Bella, what you doing, Bella?" And um, and then they look around. They're like, "Oh, the trollocs stopped too." So they're kind of like in between 
like there's trollocs behind them and then there's a gap and then there's them. And then in front of them is this like big spoopy wall mm. with a crack in it. You crack all the way up to the top. And at first I was like, is that a cliff? No, it's too weird. Some weird yeah. magic stuff going it's on. It's a the very, coloring, very tall wall. The colouring is very, very good because it's not obsidian. Like it's not the absence of colour. It is just a really dark, it's ashy gl- black. Yeah, but it's kind of glowing. Yeah, it's, it glows. it's because it's spoopy. It's got yeah, the spoops in it. The way the light reflects so, on it. It's evil. Yeah. It's it's mm. like a, a really good haunted house moment. Mm. And the way um, they walk through it and it's so silent. Yeah, yes. they go into this big spoopy city and there's no bugs and no birds and stuff and they're like, this is really spoopy. And then they go into like this kind of old church thing to set up camp and Lan gives the biggest speech he's ever given mm. about. It's his turn um, to do exposition. <laughs> yeah, so he talks about this is the fallen city of Shadal Ogoth. It used to be called Aradol. They were the ones who offered Manetherin aid and didn't come. Like it's their fault. They kind of locked themselves up into the city and turned evil and then after the Trolloc Wars when people came to like be like what like what's going on with Aradol where are they everyone had disappeared so some they were seeking refuge or looking for place to stay and And they turned inwards um and shut their doors to everyone else and then after after all of the wars were done and they were like let's go check out the wreckage of everything what happened to these guys? There's no one there. There's no one there. No no one one answered at their gates so when they cracked open the wall and found it empty. Yeah, mm. but it's so, so evil that even the the, the trollocs won't go in. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's evil and it's abandoned. And Matt's like, "Dude, why are we in here?" Yeah, he poses like, "That's the Matt. most number of words you've ever said." Also, why are we yeah. here? <laughs> yes, and this is why Matt's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, then Rand goes out and looks at the scenery, and Egwene comes up and they hold hands. So I guess they're friends for a little while. I don't know. Then Matt goes to Perrin and gives him a dagger that Layla made, and Perrin's very sad. And he talks about how Layla didn't make weapons, she made tools, um, that this knife is a tool, and Matt's used it thousands of times to do things like cut apples and this and that and the other, and he gives it to Perrin, and Perrin's like, thanks, man, I'm really sad. Again, Matt is the best character ever. We love Perrin, the sweet baby. They have a great friendship. Mm. Yeah. So Matt's the best ever until it's the middle of the night. There's some creepy whistling going on in the city. And um, Helen picked up on this. So so the traveling cart guy in the first episode, how he, when all the fighting happening, he was there, but then he just went, whoop, oh, well, and wandered off. Yeah. And yeah. then I heard him whistling and I was like, is that the same guy? Is yeah. that the tune he was whistling? <laughs> yeah. And is he following them? He's like, he's either yeah. an evil guy or he's sort of like some weird um, guide type thing going on there. Yeah, like yeah. he's either pure evil or he is aligning himself with the evil or guys like, because or he's, he's um, selfish. Or he's a neutral kind of guy that is no. just there to like watch, <laughs> watch I don't, and see I don't, what happens. I don't see him being neutral at all. He is either completely self-absorbed and therefore doing all of the evil things for his own benefit or he's genuinely evil. Um, yeah. Yeah, like he's yeah. he's – he behaves in a very similar way to creepy guy who ate the bird. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. more like a neutral guy who was not on anyone's side, but he'll like pick up the pieces and have it. he's on his own side. Oh, like he's playing all of the he's sides. Playing all he's the like sides, the chaos yeah. side, yeah. The chaotic, chaotic neutral or yeah. whatever. Chaotic. Yeah. So Matt's great until he wakes up. 
the horses are really upset and he goes outside and then he like kind of follows this whistling or whatever and he goes and does exactly what yeah he goes and he does exactly what Lan said not to do and he finds a dagger because he's just obviously just given his away he's like oh look i need a dagger and it's It's got yeah it's fancy and it's got like this ruby gem on the hilt Mm, it did a really good thing with like the light play yeah like fascinate you so he looks at it for a bit and he's like, ooh. And then the horses are like freaking out. And so he comes running out and there's this like black shadowy stuff covering bits of the city and it creeps along the ground and goes underneath one of the horses and the horse is like freaking out. And then the horse turns to Melts. dust. <laughs> it just swallows it up and turns it to dust. So the way that the thing, it just creeped up its legs. And then, oh, yeah. the horsey, like, so- the poor horsey. So the kids all see that too. I think they come out and they're all like, uh, this is creepy. Don't touch that stuff. And then Moraine wakes up and Lan's still with her. And Moraine's like, where are we? Oh, and Lan's like, Shad- yeah. <laughs> she's like, Shadalogoth. <laughs> like, I know you said no, but here we are. Yeah. And Moraine's like, oh. <laughs> she but disapproves. No, yeah, which is, you killed us all. So like. Yeah, lands in trouble. She kind of does this yeah. like she closes her eyes, all exasperated, like, oh. yeah. yeah. And when they, like mums hold their forehead and they're like, oh, I just <laughs> can't deal with this right now. That's what she's like. So from here, the party splits into three groups. Rand and Matt run off in one direction. Um, they're running away, and then there's a little bit of an argument because Rand's like, "We need to go over this wall. Boost me over." And Matt's like, uh, "How about I go first and not get left out with this like." creepy black stuff so they like argue about that a bit and then Rand ends up going which is it's kind of funny it's a bit of like humor in the chaoticness yeah. um mm. they get over the wall and they run out and they find a little grate and they push it out and they end up on like a little beach the outside the, the walls wall, and the creepy yeah, the black, black stuff s- won't leave the, the black city. stuff comes out and then goes back in so yeah. obviously it can't go out it kind of comes out and then seems to like recoil and then yeah like, mm-hmm. like a lie or something yeah like oh the outside goes back yeah. in <laughs> um and then rand and matt find a log and like they kind of swim a- down the river or across the river or whatever it is uh perrin and Egwene run off in a different direction and they climb a wall and then they get to the top of the wall and they're like oh we're surrounded there's nowhere to yep. go and, so- and then it's like we have to jump and they're gonna have to jump out there I love Egwene asked, uh, asked Perrin, like, are you ready? And he's like, you can see him going, no. <laughs> and they just jump. He's like, no. Um, and, and so yet again, Egwene gets another big jump mm-hmm. into water. And they land water. in the water and then they're yeah, and so they swim to the away. surface and climb ashore. And then they're yelling out their friend names. Yeah, and they can't find each other because they've gone in different directions. So they've kind of lost each other. Um, Moraine and Lan are on... Mandarb, so they gallop out, and Aldeeb's sensible, and she just follows. And so they go out like a different crack in the wall into the forest, and Lan like takes Maureen off the horse and is like propped her up on the ground and is looking after her and like, oh god, she's really, really not well. And then there's suddenly this knife appears at Lan's throat. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> and it's <laughs> who is it? Who is it? <laughs> The, the it's Niney. <laughs> it's her. And it's like, like, yay, she didn't get killed when she got dragged she's away. She's a best, badass person and I want to yeah, be there. She's like, she like she tell like, me where they are or I'm like going to slit your throat. And then yeah, she like crawled all the way back to the village or whatever and then was like got told the kids got taken away by this ice 
Kate and not my kids. And then she just <laughs> went after them. Like, How fucking dare! Um, For the best. Yeah, she's pretty badass. <laughs> so that was the first thing once because it is the end of the episode. But the first thing Helen said was. The lady, is, that's the lady from They Got Dragged Away. Like, it's the right person. Like, not dead. I was like, yes, yes, it is. That's good. So, Moraine and then a hero daddy and hero mummy because they've got the hero children. And Nynaeve is hero auntie, who is obviously the best of everyone. The cool aunt. <laughs> the cool aunt, who is so cool. <laughs> Super cool. So, she is, yeah, she's pretty awesome. So that was the first two episodes of The Wheel of Time. What do you think, Helen? Oh, my God, so much is happening. Yeah, enjoying it? Uh, Yeah. That's how she says yes to everything. She goes, yeah, yeah, it's all right. (laughs) So I used to get really bored of live action things, actually, because I can't really pay attention to, like, live action series for some reason. Yeah. So, Helen, what do you think happens next? Um, they have to, like, somehow, they're all going to try and find their way back to each other. Yeah. Um, depends on who finds who first. Uh, yeah. I feel like um, what Lan is kind of want to um, the Moraine to be healed. That's his, like, priority. Yeah. That's, I feel like he's either going to have Nynaeve try to do that. It's like, I'll take you to them if you heal her or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's Nynaeve's the wisdom of the yeah, social she healing. Yeah, she has healing powers and that's what um, Man was going to take his dad to her at first before they... Yeah. Yeah. And um, so... so I feel like the kids are either... Some of the kids are going to get either taken by like the white people. The white cloaks? Yeah, I feel like someone's going to end up in that camp but at some point. Uh-huh. With the creepy dude or with the not so creepy dude? Probably the creepy dude because that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, would be, it would be okay if it was the not creepy dude, but he's also yeah. mm, So, are the white cloaks bad? Well, I don't know. I think the um not creepy dude is not exactly bad. I feel like he was just an army guy. They're an army of yeah. somewhere. Mm, I get the vibe there. that they're trying to like. There's some of them that are trying to be like cops. Mm. Um, yeah. and like peacekeepers and yeah. then there is a larger more powerful it feels more like um there's version, the regular army and then there's that um the evil army the, the <laughs> um, religious knight type thing going on yeah mm-hmm. yeah and he they that, have yeah. this the power to be able to move around and do what they please and they obviously aren't very well liked by the regular army guys mm, yeah because they're not nice people mm. yeah. okay cool so next week we will dive into episodes three and four of the Wheel of Time TV show, A Place of Safety and The Dragon Reborn. Ooh. So listen to find out more about what Caitlin thinks in her own <laughs> headcanon and more of Helen's thoughts, see if her predictions were correct and come along on this journey with us. Did you enjoy the first two episodes of the Wheel of Time? What were your favourite moments? Tell us all about what you think on Twitter or Instagram at Isn't It Neat Pod or email us on Isn't It Neat Pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Now go and enjoy something you think is neat. Neat! <laughs> <laughs>